We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Oh, wow. You're actually wearing your hair down tonight. Yeah, because I finally decided that I love my hair. I figured out the solution for my morning frizz, midday poof, and even next day bedhead. It's Frizz E Secret Weapon Touch-Up Cream by John Frieda. Well, you and your hair look flawless. Flawless and touchable. Feel. Oh. See? It's soft. Smooth ends. No flyaways. Shiny. Well, I clearly need to get some because your hair looks amazing. Frizz E Secret Weapon. Only from John Frieda. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is Wednesday, October 28th, 2015. We finally have regular season NBA basketball. I couldn't be happier. I'm DJ Trainer, joined as always on Wednesdays by Josh Hayes. You can find Josh on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. And now you can find me on Twitter at TrainerDJ. This is a po- this is a podcast, a five days a week podcast, rotating hosts. Maybe you heard me and Nick Whalen yesterday. 
um, and Josh and Benny Ricciardi on Monday. Of course, you can find it on iTunes and Stitcher as well as the Rotowire podcast tab. Feel free to leave a nice review on any of those formats. Josh, how do we feel, my man? We had three games last night. We've got a whole slate of games coming up here for us. How do you feel personally? Just like, do you feel better as a person that the NBA season has started? I do. I feel like my quality of life has greatly improved. Yes. Um, I feel like uh, well, I need to play like um, Hoop There It Is in the background. You know, <laughs> just Hoop There It Is, tag team back again. Yeah, I'm fired up, man. Love, love, love NBA. I talk about NBA. This, this was a, like a, if you want to set the Guinness World Record for like a fantasy NBA pod, Let's do it, DJ. One of these days. We'll just do, you know, we'll stay up 72 hours and and talk about how Quincy Pond's extra once, you know, if seven other people get injured could be a fancy factor in season long. We'll we'll do it, man. We'll we'll go through every single fine tooth comb, you know, we'll talk about Kevin Looney in 2020. Whatever you want to do. Let's let's do it, man. Jordan Mickey? I mean, come on. That guy in 5 years, let's go, baby. Yeah, um, exactly. No, we should do just a, an epically long podcast where like we just start at 6 uh, you know, 6 p.m. Central Time and just finish out all the way through the West Coast games. Just give live play-by-play fantasy analysis of what of what it means for the entire season. I think that would be incredibly riveting for me and you and nobody else <laughs> would listen at all. Yeah, you know what? I can do like a number of different like Marv Albert predictions. You know, oh, what the facial? You know, we'll just what, we'll just go through every announcer and what we can see what we got, and you know, see if we can just outdo them. That would be awesome. All right, be on the lookout for that. Until then, we'll just stick to our normal format here. Here at the you know here at the Rotowire team, we've been doing preseason stuff. Me and Nick Whalen got into some facial hair changes, um, some <laughs> style changes, which got pretty crazy. Um, we're kind of done with that stuff, though. We're into the meat of the season. Not really the meat of the season, but we're into regular season. Me and Josh are going to break down those three um, those three games that happened on Tuesday. Give you a, a, some stuff to look for in tonight's actions, which would be Wednesday's action. Now, Josh, uh, yesterday me and Nick gave some of uh, our things that we're most excited about uh, this coming season. We also gave a bold prediction. I want to just hear your take on that as well, and then we'll just kind of put a put to rest the preseason predictions and what we're excited to watch and we'll actually do it but let's go ahead and and what are you excited most excited excuse me about this coming season well you know what i'm excited to see what's going to happen because i think there's like a changing of the guard that's happening here in 2015/16 we have some of these guys who are you know like veterans hanging on like the Tim Duncans and the Tony Parkers and these guys were you know like perennial top 50 players that you always wanted to target and now you have just super interesting you know first year rookies second year third year guys who I think are going to surprise us here and take some some fancy um you know goodness away from some of these old guys and um bring us into a new generation too i'm like really excited to see what happens with Stanley Johnson i think uh Carl Anthony Towns has um for whatever you know as much as we've talked about rookies and i know that rookies are you know you're we're on your all avoid team i i think he's just completely legit i just don't see a hole in his game and i think you it's weird to say this but they might have just got another kevin garnett with kevin garnett on the team it's i i think that's completely possible with Carl anthony towns i can't wait for ricky rubio to get injured so they can play zach levine full-time and i can go back to my the zach levine love that i have so i'm just going to try to time that right with the trade when somebody's 
hating Zach Levine's like six points and 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 three assists in seventeen minutes, and bank on Ricky Rubio, you know, um, get it going out with a like a, a you know a, a lower hanged, body injury like it always uh, you know, is, a hangnail, something, anything, yeah. you know, for four months. And then just let it be the Zach Levine show, and then they can finally realize that they are starting the wrong guy. Um, I'm super excited to see what happens here with uh, you know some of these changes that have happened at the top of the East here with the with uh, with the Bulls with Nico Miritich, and you know, I just want to know how if he can just grow that beard into like a full on born identity sniper because um, that's what he is. I, I'm I, I'm also mad at Derrick Rose too, personally. I'm, Who I'm isn't? Mad. I mean, we all are. Collectively, yeah, as NBA fans, we're on. just not happy with him. What are you, like, 8 for 47 last night, and they still somehow win, and Nico Meritic has got 11 in the first quarter, and then you're like, that's enough for you, sir. I think I'll take the rest of the shots the rest of the way. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Jordan Clarkson and Julius Randle, I'm just wondering if they can f- figure out how to p- find a way to put Kobe to pasture. Or you know if they if uh, Kobe can do the the two thousand circa two thousand thirteen where he got like defiant and started like dropping twelve dimes per game. Do you remember that stretch? Oh, I I exactly I brought this thing up exactly yesterday when I framed it. I said I can't wait to watch the Kobe Bryant soap opera. Yeah, exactly. Because I remember the people were like Kobe doesn't pass, and he was getting ripped in the media, in fantasy realms, and forums everywhere about being like. The West Coast Carmelo never ever freaking passed to, to save his life, right? So uh, I if I want to see if West Coast Melo goes full assist mode and decides to drop ten times because he can do it. We've seen him do it, and I think he should do it. In all honesty, because they actually have some weapons in the starting lineup. Love Julius Randle, love Jordan Clarkson, but they just need to have the ball, and that's really just up to Kobe as to whether or not he's going to be, you know, Black Mamba or a black hole. So we'll see. There you go. I can't wait. I hope it just blows up. I hope he yells at everyone. I put the over under for just screaming montages that he can add to. You know, ESPN <laughs> can play screaming montages. Yeah. Over under for adding to that particular type of montage, five and a half. And I think four <laughs> of them are going to come from Roy Hibbert directly, where he's just oh, going to just absolutely rip into Roy. Can't wait I, for it. I can't wait for the tears. Somebody get some Kleenex on the sideline right oh, next to Byron gosh. Scott for Roy Hibbert. You know, poor, I mean? poor little D'Angelo Russell might just cry his little eyes out when uh, Kobe's ripping on Mitch Kupchak, and then he'll just go on, uh, go on Russell. I, I can't wait. I hope he just gets mad at everyone. Yeah. Well, speaking of West Coast drama, there you got the Clippers who hate the Warriors. Those guys want to fight each other. It's like WWE um, after the end of the first quarter with all the cheap shots from Blake Griffin and the trash talking from. Uh, you know, uh, Draymond Green. And then you have the Sacramento Kings out there also, who's they've got Ray John Rondo, who may be the most explosive personality outside of Kobe uh, in the NBA. People are just waiting for him and George Carl to just have like a, a mud wrestling fight out there in Cowtown. So uh, we'll see how that explodes. And you obviously have DeMarcus Cousins. So there's a lot of pressure on the Kings. Snake to, in the grass. Snake in yeah, the grass. Yeah, snake in the grass. Absolutely. So that could, you know, that could go two ways. The Kings either win or if they, it's going to burn down to the ground very quickly if, um, you know, Vivek Ranadive doesn't get the wins that he wants. I don't know if he's going to get it. I'm crossing my fingers. Yeah, one thing I brought up was Rajon Rondo. Can't wait to see if he's effectively going to end his career if he, you know, yeah. just decides to quit halfway through the year. Who's going to want to take a chance on him? Because right now where we're at is that the Sacramento Kings are the only ones who I wouldn't say the only ones, but he's on a tryout basis, about a nine million dollar contract for one year. If things don't work out, he's out of there, and then Sacramento's right where they started at the beginning of this season with Darren Collison and the lesser known Seth Curry. Yeah, you know what? This is the way I think about this is, you know, if um, 
it's uh, if uh, Rajon Rondo doesn't make it, you know, make this work here, it's like uh, Shanghai Dragons time or wherever, um, you know, uh, Stefan Marbury is playing. Which team is that? Oh, you know what huge. I think? He's huge in China. He, he no, he is. He's like the greatest uh, Chinese basketball player of all time, and he's not even Chinese. Yeah, it's like more. He, you know, he they erected a statue outside the arena for him, right? I did not know that, but I'm not surprised one bit. I think Marbury's just like set an all time shoe record in in China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is the man. I, I you would never would have guessed it because there's so many bad stories about guys who went there during lockout season and acted like you know dirt bags mm-hmm. out there. But Marbury, yeah, uh, that guy's you know who walks around with chopsticks in his back pocket. He's the man. <laughs> All right, Josh. So that's good. Uh, got a nice feel there for what you're looking forward to this season. But before we move on to some some the real the real meat that I keep referring to, why don't you go ahead and give me your one bold prediction? And please be bold here. Let's 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 get risky. Okay, risky here. Um, all right, my risky my risky business uh, pick here is that the oh, I don't I don't want to do it. I, you know what? I'm going to do it. You need to. Okay, I'm going to do it. Um, Philadelphia 76ers um, win ten games. Only Just, ten games. Ten games. Yeah. Wow, that is yeah. risky. That's that's dirty, isn't it? That's like you know what? I just have that much venom for Brett Brown. That's what it is. And I like Jaleel Okafor. I'm a Duke fan, that's why I want to root for them. And Stauskas, you know, Sauce Castillo, former King. So there's reasons. For, our roster is freaking terrible. It's it's horrible. Uh, you know, I, I think we might be talking. It's uh, we shouldn't be talking all time epic bad, but the way that they've done everything that they've done with their roster and you know playing for 2020, I hate it. So you know, I just uh, that's. That's a bold prediction. I'm gonna say, you know, maybe uh, Beijing Ducks. By the way, sorry, not Beijing Dragons. For Steph How Mark. could I, I forget the Beijing I need, Ducks? I right on the tip right. of my tongue. Third Chinese championship in four seasons for Stefan Marbury. Beijing Ducks, baby. That's, if that's what I'm, what I'm going to do. If if you own Rajon Rondo and it starts to go bad in Sacramento, start changing your fantasy team name to Beijing Ducks because that's where he's at. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll be looking forward to it for sure. So 10 games there, Josh's prediction for the 76ers. Why don't we talk about some teams that were in action last night, and let's kick it off with the Detroit and the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Detroit taking it. 106 to 94. Just checking out the box score here. One thing I've been saying continually on this podcast is that positions two, three, and four for the Pistons could just be in flux all season long. So you have Reggie Jackson locked in. You have Andre Drummond locked in. But in between there, who knows? You've got Stanley Johnson you think could maybe move into the starting lineup eventually. Um, Jody Meeks. For right now, you had Marcus Morris, Ersan Ilyasova, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And you know what? That starting five did incredibly well. Everyone scored at least 15 points. I'm looking at their plus-minus here. Both Morris and Caldwell-Pope were plus 17. Otherwise, those other three starters were even higher than that. So, I mean, we're looking at a pretty decent starting five there especially when you're talking about the Atlanta Hawks, who were arguably the best regular season team last year, barring the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, this is interesting. First of all, I just want to, as a just quick side note, Atlanta is the most fraudulent team in the in the 2014 regular season slash playoffs out of anybody. They cruised through the playoffs on because, you know, half the bottom half of the, the East didn't belong in the playoffs in the first place, and they actually should be mad that they... Uh, 
didn't get a lottery pick. I I'm, have been of the opinion and will continue to be of the opinion that the, the NBA should go a step further and just seed one through 16. All right. So if you're the Golden State Warriors, you get to play the number 16 seed. I don't care if you're in the East or the West. That's who you play. And that's the way it should be. And that way, um, you know, teams like the you know, Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets, who really would do, do better for themselves to get a lottery pick, we don't have to play play a playoff game where they're just drawing dead to lose against, you know, the Chicago Bulls, the, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers and whatnot. It just does a disservice to them as conferences that way. And, you know, if you would have saw that, um, Atlanta wouldn't have um, – would have had a much tougher matchup earlier on facing some of these West Coast teams, and they would have probably would have got bounced in the second round or something like that. And you saw what happened. There was it was LeBron and um, and role players, and they got swept. So you know, just th- that's my little mini two second rant. I sort of went off on you inadvertently on Kent Bazemore there in the show, and that yeah, just let me just yeah, let me just drop his line from last night. So of course he started. He played twenty one minutes. He got mm-hmm. to start over guys like Tabo Cephalosha, over Dennis Schroeder, who you'd think might move into a shooting guard role or something just to appease him, since he's already already says he wants to start. So Bazemar started twenty one minutes, zero for three from the field, zero for one from beyond the arc. He got seven rebounds, one assist. Otherwise, he had four turnovers and three personal fouls, plus minus minus seven. 17 with a big old goose egg in the points column yeah so well, i don't even want to talk about kent basemore because he just made me look so <laughs> bad on 120 sports i just went on there and said yeah kate basemore he's starting minimum salary all right so forget, i just want to erase that that um five minutes from my mind so this is what i want to this is the problem i have with juice here okay and if you don't know who juice is that's dennis Schroeder. that's that's his nickname uh can there be two juices in the league because oj mayo has been locked into juice for quite some time now uh, he's he's fallen down to like um like um like 20 percent juice 80 percent pulp Wow. So, uh, yeah, he's, I mean, the guy's, he can't start anymore. He was, he was supposed to be the second coming of LeBron. Remember that out of high school? And, yeah, you know, I do. And yeah. so, so we have the second coming of Juice, who was the second coming of LeBron. So that's where we're at right now in nicknames. Uh, all right. So we'll go New Juice for new Schroeder. Juice. I like New Juice. All right. So New Juice there. Okay. New Juice here is what, what is he? 6'1, 6'2. Um, he's 6'1. All right. Jeff Teague is 6'2. So neither of them have, can effectively guard a, t- a two guard, especially a, a bigger two guard in that slot. I have no problem. I actually like teams that roll two guards um, in their lineup, but what that's going to do is slide Kyle Corver over to the three. That's the biggest mismatch of any probably any team defensively in the East. He'll do his fair share to hold his own on the on the offensive end by hitting all the trays, but it's going to be such a a, a negative. Um, you know, issue there. I mean, it's not like it's any better at sh- at shooting guard here overall. But then you know you have just two defensive liabilities that you have in that lineup, which is why Kent Bazemore made more sense because I really felt like he could do a, a nice impression of a poor ga- uh, poor, guy, uh, poor man's Damari Carroll, at least defensively, uh, in those spots. And now they want to sort of, you know, throw Cephalosian to the mix. You just don't, I just don't like the, the entire mix overall. So I don't know how much um, of a case they can make for it. You know what they could do if they were actually smart enough or had enough, you know, stones to do it is trade Jeff Teague. Uh, I, they, you that would, would get, take a lot of stones. That would, would take a lot. But Schroeder's ready. Schroeder is every bit as good as Teague in my mind. He All is. Right. He's he's probably easily the best point guard coming off the bench. Um, but would start he, for half the league. He, he would, would start. Yeah, half the league. I don't know about that. 
but you can go down the list um, and say, you know, um, we might yeah. as well. We we have to now. So got to. Um, let's just start from the top. You know, he would start chart. over. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he'd start over guys like Marcus Smart, Jarrett Jack. Um, but when you're looking at Derrick Rose, Kemba Walker, um, I take him over Walker. Yeah, and so you have these like you have this interesting situation with these rookies. So Emmanuel Moutier, um, you know, obviously probably not over Moutier because they're invested. He's a rookie, right? But, and so but if we're talking few- about like who should start right now, if both those guys are on the team. Mike Malone's starting shooter. Uh, yeah, I don't think he sits shoot, um, like you know shooter for Moutier. So that's I think we're on the fence there on that one. Here's a legitimate um, you know scenario here: uh, George Hill or Dennis Schroeder. Who would you start? I like George Hill, but I think that if you take a look at like where he is in the league and, you know, like he's I think he's on the back half of his career. He's not an old guy, but he's not new and he's pretty injury prone. Uh, And I think that just like for uh, overall gameplay, they're 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 a match right now. But but I think we've seen as as good as we're going to get from George Hill when we may not have seen how good Dennis Shooter can be. So uh, edge to shooter slightly. All right, so let's just focus back on this current Atlanta Hawks team. You think that something could happen where Shooter could be on the move, Teague, if they have the stones, he could be on the move. But in terms of Bazemore, Bazemore doesn't need to be offensively, you know, ample. He doesn't need to be jacking up shots with that team. You have Corver, Teague, Horford, Millsap. That's enough balls to go around right there. So the fact that Bazemore was 0 for 3, I'm kind of okay with it. I don't think he should be taking much more than five shots a game. He, you know, he only played for 21 minutes. I'm going to defer to those other four options. I just want someone in there. Uh, in that slot with this current Hawks team who can be solid on defense and it appears that Bazemore is based on what you said so far Josh yeah but the, my only problem is is he's just completely irrelevant in this spot you can't play him in season-long fantasy you can't play him in DFS if they're all going to get 20 minutes you're just going to hate it it's going to be like Mozgov, Verizhal and Tristan Thompson like all those guys are, are interesting names and one of them might be interesting because they have the starter label but they're never going to get enough minutes for them to be effective unless something else happens um, in this rotation so yep. black hole in terms of fantasy that's for sure yeah. you're looking at Schroeder he scored 20 points last night two three-pointers uh, three rebounds four assists two steals that's pretty I mean that's pretty solid production pretty much in every format I don't know I don't have Schroeder anywhere I I didn't really touch him because I don't like to go go after guys that are definitely coming off the bench and so I didn't go after him but I mean a guy that's putting up two threes and two steals with 20 points is pretty valuable everywhere yeah, I, I think that you're somebody that's like a, a complete Swiss Army knife. He can he can um, you know perform and, and just be a little bit of a, ca- a category stat stuffer. So interesting player, definitely somebody to keep tabs on. I don't think you have to go out of your way to you know move mountains to, to roster him. But I'm I'm keeping an eye on him for sure. Do you think that the Pistons can keep this up with the starting five that they have? I mean, really, just a magnificent, magnificent performance where all five of their starters played at least 32 minutes. They all scored at least 15 points, like I said. You're looking at Drummond, 19 points, two blocks, a steal, three assists, 18 points. I mean, that's just so solid. And you're even checking out guys like Ilyasova, who are, who are contributing with seven rebounds, a block, three assists, 16 points. All five of these guys, in terms of this game, if they can all keep it up, they'll be relevant everywhere. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so there's a small stretch in this game where KCP went like NBA 2K on them, right? As so, he does every now and then. He, he yeah, does, he does. Right, so he, he shot 39.6% in 2013, his rookie year. He um, made monster moves and increased it to 40.1% as a field goal percentage there. And, he, you know, he slightly increased his three-point percentage, but this is a guy overall that I'm just not excited of. He's 
to me like a worse shooting version of Kevin Martin. Okay, he doesn't rebound, he doesn't really assist. He's a two, and the one thing that you should do as a as a two guard, if you're if you're a bombs away type of player like KCP, is shoot a really good free throw percentage. At least you could help fancy owners in that aspect, and he doesn't do that. So I don't, I know that Jody, Jody Meeks was actually brought in to be the starter here. I wouldn't be surprised if they sort of pare down KCP's minutes if they try Stanley Johnson at the two I think Stanley Johnson is actually more of a three so or they just went into like a full timeshare mode where you don't want Meeks and you don't want KCP so there's the fool's gold in that starting lineup right now I actually think optimally if you if, if I if I was setting this lineup up I probably I'm not Stan Van Gundy and Stan Van Gundy loves to stretch four so Ilya Silva probably isn't going to come out anytime soon but I would probably rather have Marcus Morris in there and Stanley Johnson at the three and Jody Meeks, to me, is a better player than KCP, and I would have him start at the two. I was, so I would completely rearrange their starting five overall, despite the fact that they were fairly effective in this one sample. Well, kudos to you for you know, looking beyond the, just this one game, especially because KCP shot three for three from the charity stripe, too. So, yeah. <clears throat> Best shooter in the league. Best free throw shooter in the league. Best free throw shooter in the league. Sorry, if you're counting how many times I'm I'm unable to drink water successfully, that's two so far on this podcast. Um, I don't know. Like Everyone was very high on Stanley Johnson. He had a great preseason. Everyone's kind of like, he might be the one to watch for rookie of the year, all this stuff. His stat line to me is exactly what I I expected, and I really don't expect much more from him – over the next few months, maybe by the end of the season he'll start doing things. But he was three of ten from the field, four rebounds, three assists, came away with seven points on twenty-four minutes. I, I mean, that's all I'm really expecting out of him. I, I, are you expecting more? It sounds like you are. Uh, I think that he is a better small forward than Marcus Morris, and we see. I think we've seen as good as Marcus Morris can play. He had a, a stretch. Uh, last season for Phoenix, where I think his brother was out, or you know there was just a number of injuries in that lineup. Uh, uh, who am I thinking about? Brandon Knight was also injured, so he got his his um, like f- just free run. He got to just run and gun. He get the top score on that on that roster. Everybody else is injured in Phoenix, and put up together some nice lines. But you you weren't like, oh man, this guy should you should definitely play thirty five minutes because you know he had a few games where he came back down to earth and he still got the minutes. So you've seen what you can see, and I think he's a serviceable for as a role player if they want to put him in that spot um or he can be a solid six man off the bench for for detroit i think that you have a higher quality player in stanley johnson and at least you have a defined role for Ilya Solva, which is like we said poor man's ryan anderson uh which stan van gundy wants and i i think that his skill set matches up better um, from, from as a long distance stretch four than Marcus Morris does, which means Marcus Morris would be the one coming out of the lineup. So I, I'm interested to see if Stan Van Gundy draws that conclusion at some point this season. I, it's, you know what's going to happen? It's going to be tied to wins and losses is, is what it's going to be. And we'll also see how, how much ham uh, Reggie Jackson can eat overall because if he can carry the team himself and just lead them to some wins with you know his uh, triple-double threat type play, then that might sort of mask the fact that they have some issues at small forward that I think Stanley Johnson can solve. So 
he's a watchless guy. I think that's my, that's my, my five-minute rant of saying Stanley Johnson's a watchless guy <laughs> there. So there you have it. So Detroit went into halftime with a five-point lead. They come out in the third quarter, outscored the Hawks 34-23, to and just kind of cruised on from there, even though they got outscored by four points in the fourth quarter. We'll be talking about this team, I would say, 81 more times this year, Josh. So we'll move <laughs> yeah. on. Okay. Um, let's move on to Cleveland, Chicago. And first injury note from this game, Noah, Jakeem Noah, uh, Joakim Noah, like some people like to call him, suffered a knee injury in Tuesday's opener against the Cavs and is now considered questionable for Wednesday, which would be today, against the Nets. Of course, Noah has been moved to that bench role behind Miritich. Yeah. Uh, like we talked about, you have Tony Snell playing small forward. Noah was refined to just, I believe it was, let's see, 17 minutes a lot of people looking at this box score might look and and see that he didn't score any points, had nine rebounds, four assists, and a steal in 17 minutes, and think, wow, he really has faded away from relevancy on the Chicago team. Mm-hmm. Not quite the case because he had that knee injury and exited early. So I'm expecting him to see somewhere definitely up in the 24-minute range on, 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 on a normal night. What do you think about that? I mean, overall, I, I still don't really want anything to do with Noah, but I, I, I think the opening night was not fair to what his, uh, his value will be for the rest of the season. Well, I just think you got to be joking me here uh dj mm, with noah like, uh, we're going uh, for for you know like c c plus jokes here. that's all we've got <laughs> i'm gonna try to pull a few out of my back pocket here soon. all right fair enough i'm the king of corniness here so like you just got to see if you can match me for how soon people can unsubscribe to this podcast hey that's, i'm trying to keep my street cred up man i don't know if i can uh my street well, cred, i'm suspicious activity <laughs> dj yeah. trainer so right I, yeah. I got a lot to uphold here you do. You definitely do. So uh, there hasn't been any suspicious activity that's happened so far. We're like almost 30 minutes in. So um, you might have to get to work on that. Uh, but for Joakim Noah, here's the thing. for He needs to be off this team. I think this is what's going to happen. Off this I, team? Yeah. It, does that sound – There is. you know what? Can I just change my bold prediction to 10 Philadelphia wins to Joakim Noah gets traded? You've been giving me nothing but bold predictions. You haven't stopped since I asked you. All right. Well, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna come off of my Philadelphia ten game rant because I hate Bet Brown when that's the real reason behind it all and how he's you know just you know inf- uh, infested that organization in a terrible way and uh, say Joakim Noah gets traded from the Bulls. All right. Um, if you've seen any piece uh, of the Bobby Portis experience, this guy is a monstrosity who cannot crack the roster. Because they have their because the Bulls are super super deep monstrosity now, in a good way, right? Yes, yes. Like like free Bobby Portis is a is a real thing. And <laughs> I'm did, not, I'm, he didn't come off the bench last night. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm not the uh, you know the originator of that. Uh, the, I'm borrowing that from from some good friends at, at Twitter. But free Bobby Portis is a real movement that needs to happen. Okay, and the guy can't sniff a minute. So there's one issue there. Joakim Noah is an injury liability and an issue. So. The, well, having said that, for all the ripping I'm doing of Mr. Uh, Baller with a hair bun, uh, he is the best passing center in basketball. If you if you take Derrick Rose and, and Butler out of the roster and when they were just down to Noah and I think even Gasol was injured for a while, this guy was dropping dimes like a point guard. All right, hold uh, on, so. hold on. I got to step you there. So Noah, I agree, is really good, especially when Rose was out. But no love for Marcus Gasol, Marky Marcus Gasol. Come on. He's a good, he's a good passer, but Noah's better. 
But Marcus Hall is a better complete player and a center. We're talking about the reigning, uh, you know, uh, all first team NBA center, which I think I've mentioned on multiple occasions is a joke that he's, you know, first team. You know, he should be second or third team uh, behind Marcus Cousins. But uh, having said that here, Jokino is too good to, I think, to actually accept this role and and be happy with it. I think he has too much like confidence or swagging game. Do you remember last season he was pissed off that they were capping him at 30 minutes? Right. Because because Thibodeau was trying to limit it. Now you're going to put him in like a 18 to 22, 24 minute role from Hoiberg. You think he's going to be happy? There's just no way. I think this and I know people say some people say like, you know, team chemistry and winning solves everything and all that fantasy goodness. I don't think Yo is that knows that type of great guy. He has too much like confidence and swag and and believe in his uh believement, if that's a word, in his ability. Uh, for him to to be a six man role player, but that's what he should be on this team. It's too deep. He's not better than Meritage. He's not better than Gasol. Taj Gibson fits a better role as a um, you know junkyard dog type of player who just scraps scraps inside and grabs rebounds. Not that Noah can't do that, um, but they have that, and they have a, another player in waiting, Bobby Portis, who sh- who does who can deserve who deserves minutes. Y- Yokino is the most overpaid um, rotation player, probably. In the Since East. David Lee. <laughs> Since well, David Lee's not overpaid anymore in my not mind. Anymore. Last year. Well, last year, but you know what the, the 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 thing is? David Lee is another like Joakim Noah situation, victim of circumstance. Super deep team with has playoff aspirations that's going to go deep, and they just have too much talent. That's I know that sounds insane, but the Bulls are in that situation now with Joakim Noah. So they need to trade him. Um and they can they can take the salary savings and um, you know, do do something else with this roster, uh, like you know, upgrade their bench or get um, you know some more firepower behind, uh, you know, Derrick Rose and Eric Brooks because it's right now just, they're sort of just limited to McDermott and Eric Brooks in terms of who can score off this bench. And I don't know if that's really enough. Hot takes so. coming from Josh, man. They, I, we'll, we'll see if you cool down, but those hot takes are coming out. You know, Josh. Some people say believement, like you. Some people say belief. Uh, okay. I think more people say belief, but you know okay. whatever yeah. whatever feels right to you is what we should roll with for sure. Okay, believement. Um, <laughs> if you're looking for if you're looking for a new candidate for most overpaid bench role player, um, of course Noah, like you said, Josh is in the mix. Nikola Pekovic is is a guy you got to throw in there as well. I believe he's on like a fifty five million dollar contract. He's got three years left on that. Um, playing behind Towns and the likes of full on. No, he's in full on check stealer mode. We're going to have to do oh, – Okay, so there's a difference. Yeah, we're going to have to do – I've done this on – like I had did this two seasons ago when I first started my first season of Fantasy Hoops Insider. We came up with our all-check-stealing um, team, and I've greatly regretted that I haven't revisited that since 2013. It's time to bring that back, and we should bring it back on this show. Was Andres Beardrins per – and I'm not even sure oh, how yes, you pronounce yes, he like, was. He, yes. he had to yes. be out in 2013. Yes. Yep. The guy was like like smoking in the offseason in Russia, like getting he, fat. He's like, I don't care. I got paid. He told his friends that. It was so awesome. I think I came out and said something that he legitimately be might be the worst – fantasy candidate who's actually on a roster he went an amazing streak of like 61 games of not even you know not even seeing one minute on the court it was amazing it was it was it was something to behold all right so any lasting impressions we didn't even talk about the Cavs here I mean it's pretty humdrum what we expected Mo Williams is going to look like an absolute beast until Kyrie comes back once Kyrie comes back Mo is going to be somewhat irrelevant except in the deepest of standards J.R. Smith doing J.R. Smith things shooting three 
three yep. of ten from the field, not helping out with any three pointers on his two attempts, two of four yep. from the free throw line, only eight points. Timofey Mozgov, five points, five rebounds, two blocks in 21 minutes. LeBron doing his thing. Kevin Love just short of a triple double, 18 and eight, four assists, two blocks. Nothing really surprising me at all here from the Cavs box score. No, it isn't. You know what they need? They just need to get healthy. Is all it is because right now their bench looks like ugly in terms of uh, like overall production. Thompson's uh, obviously a great piece, you know, and he's playing twenty four minutes. He's going to do what he does for eighty two million, which is you know puts him in questionable salary territory. But if LeBron wants him to get paid, he gets paid. That's basically what it comes down to. He wants him for the playoffs for pick and roll defense, and you know what? He'll be worth every penny if he helps out then, like he did last year. If he puts a ring on it, then you know he'll he'll, he'll be like Beyonce. They'll, they'll love it. Um, but here's my issue: you have Della Vadova, Richard Jefferson, who I think is um, playing 16 minutes, so he can you know classify himself as a part-time job and collect social security <laughs> at the same time. Um, that's so that's an issue there. And then you have Vera Zhao, James Jones, and Jared Cunningham. This bench is is ugly. The, what this bench would look like would be awesome if J.R. Smith and Mo Williams were able to come off the bench and bomb away and they insert Kyrie Irving and Amon Shumpert in the lineup, so we have to wait for that. The other concern that I have is I, I think I've said this before. I don't know where because there's um, too many shows that I've been on. But uh, I think LeBron and the Cavs need to win uh, best record in the league. And they could do it in the East, but they can't do it unless these guys unless Kyrie gets healthy sooner than later no and way. Shumpert comes back. I think they need to have the best record in order to win the an NBA title. No, yeah. no, 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 no. They can fall anywhere one to eight, and they could still make it to the Eastern, or they can still make it to the finals. I, I'm yeah. really not phased by anyone. The Heat and the Bulls are really two teams that I'm concerned about. Maybe chuck the Wizards into that. If the Cavs are the the three seed, even the four seed, as long as they're all healthy going into the playoffs, I do not care where they're at. They're going to be the favorite. They're going to be the favorite in my eyes in Vegas. And I think you'll be saying the same thing too, even if they don't get the one seed, that they'll be the favorite no matter where they are. So you really think they need to be the one seed to make it to the finals in the East? No, not to make it to the finals, to win, to win the whole thing. You need to have home court against the Warriors, the Spurs, the Clippers, whoever it is in the West. That's my concern. They're going to get there if they're the if they were the eight seed, they would get there. They would they would walk there. Um, so yeah, I'm with you 110 percent on that piece. Yeah, the East is not the problem. The problem is is you know when every game, single game is critical and you're going up against monster teams in the West like Houston that just keeps reloading and the Clippers and uh, you know the, uh, we haven't even talked about the Spurs or the Warriors. Well, they would only have to go against one team in the final. Right, but well, sure, but I'm just saying any four of those teams to me is a is a bad matchup to try to have to win games on the road. That's just my my overall concern. Oh, uh, so over I, okay, gotcha. So so sorry, I, sorry, I was confused. I don't know if anyone else out there was too. So they need to have home court advantage in the finals to win, and so therefore they yes. would need one of the best records in records the league. in the league. Yes, that's gotcha. my whole entire point. And okay, for, so, <laughs> so for them resting LeBron like they're talking about and just sort of getting him prepared for the playoffs. I don't like it so much. Personally, so no, so no vacays on South Beach this season for him. Well, there shouldn't be, but I think there's going to be, and I think it's a mistake. And I understand from LeBron's perspective because he's been playing in the league since he's 18, and he's concerned about wear and tear, which is why I have concerns about the bench, which is why they need Iman Shumpert and Kyrie Irving to get back as soon as possible so they can put together a string of games that's going to compete with the Warriors and the other teams that are going to have the best records out there on the other side of the conference. So yep. see what I'm getting at. Yep. Now you're totally right. I, and we'll see if that really matters to them or not. I mean, I guess if he's taking vacations off in South Beach, if it might just come down to they got it's more important for them to be healthy than to have home court advantage 
uh, in the potential final matchup with any of those teams. So we'll we'll see how it plays out. I'm excited. I just hope I just hope I see another banana boat picture sometime this season. <laughs> Lo- I would love to just create a you know a collage of that in my bedroom door. I already got one posted up. So speaking of the Warriors, speaking of some Western Conference teams, the Warriors defended their honor during ring ceremony and banner raising night, one eleven to ninety five over the budding young Pelicans. Not so fast, Anthony Davis. 4 of 20 from the field, 18 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 blocks. I mean, can you look at that line and actually be disappointed But anybody but Anthony Davis? Yeah, you know what? Uh, Drop Aaron Anthony Davis everywhere. He's overrated, basically. (laughs) Shut up. Shut up. Everyone's just like going, what? Yeah, just like he's not what we all thought, guys. All right? He's a role player. Trade him Um, now while he's still hot. Yeah. If you can get... You know, Iman Shumpert. Oh, shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just leave it be. Leave it okay. be. Like Marvin Williams and Alexis Ajinka, <laughs> the real deal out there in New Orleans, then you do it. No, okay. In all seriousness, you just throw that game out and it's fine, whatever. What I don't like about like watching the highlights and game flow is like he's shooting like Tracy McGrady 22-footers like, you know, with defenders in his face like it's just supposed to go down. I don't understand. Like some, somebody talked to me about the shot selection with this. Did you see Anthony Davis with him? You know, uh, chipping paint, chipping you know rocks off the rim. Uh, this spot, the the guy is you know the, one of the best interior scorers in the game. I understand he added this facet to his game and he wants to show it off. But how about shoot shoot an open jumper before you take you know five six contested shots in a row in your face and just have to prove everybody that you can hit the hit the three? That was my issue with the whole thing there i don't know what were your thoughts on 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 what was happening there yeah so i never really vocalized this so if you don't want to believe me don't believe me but i was concerned in the preseason of him extending his game out to the three-point line obviously he's going to be put in the situation where he's taking long twos as well just because he'll be the go-to guy at the end of the shot clock Mm -hmm. don't like that first field goal percentage and of course that happened and what other thing, like, he's going to be targeted. In the same way that the Warriors have a target on their back, Anthony Davis in particular will be targeted each night. He's going to get opposing players' best defensive skill. Yeah. I mean, he's going to get the best possible player that could try to guard him. Nobody can quite guard him. But, I mean, cheap shots, I mean, you name it. He's going to get just absolutely berated this year. And I think yeah. 4 of 20, um, while it's not ideal, he still helped you out in some other areas. That's going to happen throughout the season, and you're just going to have to live with it. And I think that's something we definitely overlooked because I believe he's been shooting over 50% for his career. But now that things are heating up and you know ESPN is starting to have commercials about him, he's legitimately in the MVP race, uh, he's going to get roughed around. I mean, he's still a young guy in the NBA who maybe hasn't proven himself to some of the veterans quite yet who have only seen him maybe once or twice uh, um, over the course of the last few years. So... 420, not ideal, but uh, expected a few more times this year. This is my issue here. Um, that I, I think, well, for the, he's good enough that it shouldn't matter. Like, he just needs to be a, a dominator like LeBron. But now the fact that you have no Tyreek Evans, Drew Holiday playing on a men's restriction, and they did nothing else to improve the, the, the roster. Eric Gordon's the only other legitimate threat. I'm, I'm saying, listen, just start Ryan Anderson already. Help this guy out, please. You know, put, put another score on the floor that they need to worry about. Otherwise, we're going to just see bracket coverage for Anthony Davis, you know, uh, th- th- throughout the season until you know, Tyreek Evans gets back. And that's not 
and for another two months. So I think that's going to be an issue that he's going to have to fight through. And uh, I don't like it overall. Having said that, I still think he's the number one overall player in fantasy. So we just you know we can just pour some whole cold water on the on the hot take altogether here. But that's one one thing that that I have uh, as a problem with Anthony Davis is his, the rest of his team stinks. They suck. So you know he's going to have to shoulder the load and f- figure out how to how to score and deal with double teams because he's he's going to get nothing but that um, all season long until uh, they he decide to give Ryan Anderson more minutes or get Tyreek Evans back. So. Uh, there's an issue there. I, well, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. Maybe it's time to tweeze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just need to just take a deep breath after that one. <laughs> hey, Michael Strahan, who has a massive gap in his front two teeth. People always ask me, you have millions of dollars now. Why don't you fix that gap in your teeth? And he responded to them. I don't know if this is urban legend or if this is the truth. He's like, you know what? I can fit a million dollars worth of advertising in between that gap in my teeth. <laughs> Anthony Davis, probably the same thing. I mean, if he yeah. wants to have fun with it, there's a million dollars that can ride right on top of that unibrow. So yeah, that's, that's um, true. let's look at some of these other players here. So obviously Anthony Davis is the hottest fantasy player right now, despite his per- opening night performance. But Kendrick Perkins played 16 minutes as the center. Um yeah. I mean, that's more minutes than he was seeing in Oklahoma City uh, four or five years ago. That's not ideal, of course. Ryan Anderson, a guy that's probably went, was taken everywhere. He comes away with 9.6 rebounds uh, in only in 29 minutes of action. You'd like to see him do a little bit better than that. One of the things, I think, especially for daily formats, of course, on DraftKings, uh, Josh, Nate Robinson was the starter. He only played 19 minutes. Yeah. 0 for 1, didn't score anything. I mean, I think that he was probably used quite a bit by everyone out there. Ish Smith, Ish mm-hmm. Smith, uh, who was picked up by the Pelicans only two days ago, plays yeah. 38 minutes, racks mm-hmm. up 17 points, 9 assists, and 3 steals. I mean, he's the man of the hour here. Yeah. We've seen this before. Last year, he got picked up by OKC and did the exact same thing, just without even you know any any integration into the team. How do you view the point guard kind of backcourt setup now as Drew Holiday is on that 20-minute minute restriction, Tyreek Evans is out, and of course Norris Cole will be out. All those guys will be out for another month or so. So so what are we looking at here? Do we immediately shift to Ish Smith, or are we still riding the Nate Robinson train? Well, here's – I don't know what to say. I mean, last night he was definitely the Ish. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> 17 and 9. Well, th- this is my my actual real take on the situation here. Ishmith has played himself into a role for minutes. Okay, Nate Robinson. Well, I don't. I I don't know what the coach can really be happy about with the of a you know plus minus of negative twenty one uh, on the court. So worst you know, on the team last night. Yeah. I mean, the next yeah. closest was sixteen uh, minus sixteen. That was Anthony Davis. Right. So I, I think you're going to see more of Ishmith uh, uh, personally going forward. He was the one who was getting. Everything done efficient from the floor. You finding people in terms of assists. Now, granted, there was some definitely some garbage time mixed up in here because Warriors were had this game well in hand there in, in, in the second half. So that's one that's one piece of it, though. I, I think they're both going to have a role on this team. And Nate Robinson has never needed to start to put up uh, points. He just needs to jack up shots, and he actually didn't for what, for whatever reason. Just one field goal attempt uh, last night in 19 minutes. So I don't understand. How you can be actually too upset when you know it looks like all he did was pass the ball a couple times and and miss a three pointer. So I don't the, the only thing that you can I can really say about this situation is 
probably want to avoid it uh, overall. Drew Holiday is not um, going to play enough minutes. He didn't even play the, uh, in, in that game, but it's not going to play enough minutes for you to feel good about it. Um, unless you see Ishmith sort of run away with this job, I'm definitely fine with him as, as a stash. And if I had to choose between the two, I'm just taking Ish. But the, the problem here we have is we have no sample. We have one game to go on. So One game against Steph Curry, and that's right. probably the biggest thing here is that Curry yeah. was taking Robinson to task or mm-hmm. taking him to the woodshed. 19 minutes, and he finished with a negative 21, Nate Robinson did. So it was an obvious glaring error. You wonder some different matchups down the road if yeah. if, if those two lines will switch. So you have Robinson playing closer to 38, where Smith is playing closer to 19. But pretty interesting stat line there. Let's go ahead and keep things moving here, Josh. Let's briefly touch on the Warriors. I mean, come on, baby. Steph Curry hangs up 40 right out of the gates. Talk about an offseason He's done with his hangover. Like he's celebrated, he's done. He's back in the kitchen. He's cooking that curry. Forty points, six rebounds, seven assists, two steals, five three pointers, fourteen to twenty six, which is really just solid. It's really good. Seven to seven from three. I mean, Curry. I mean, if we could just go off one game, he'd be the one. He'd be the number one pick over Davis. Obviously, I still stand by Davis being one. How about the other box scores? Looking around here, uh, anything pique your interest? A classic Curry there. We don't really need to talk about him too much. Yeah, you know the other thing I think we just need to sort of just quickly mention here is like there was a little bit of a question as to whether what was going to happen with Andre Iguodala's role. You know, because he's been campaigning to just be a starter and he started in the finals and with finals MVP, he's back in that same role. Twenty something minutes. You don't want anything to do with him in terms of fantasy most nights. Harrison Barnes is in there. He got twelve shots, so Harrison Barnes is going to be in that same sort of you know third wheel role. We'll have some nice games here and there. We'll actually probably compete for third or or fourth. You know. Uh, man up between him and Draymond Green most nights. So I, we're to, uh, you know what we are? We're looking at the exact same Warriors as last season. Steph Curry's a monster. Clay Thompson's going to have his games where he goes off, yeah. You know, um, and uh, you know, but he still isn't doing too much in terms of like you know rebounds or assists or anything else. So he needs to definitely score and score efficiently for him to be useful. And I'm sure that he'll do that. Steph Curry had 22 before the half was over. So this game was just like, you know, whenever he gets into the groove, Steph Curry is like ultimate green light from half court on in. And uh, that's what that's what happened last night. So I think it's status quo in terms of what you have the Warriors expect. I'm expecting basically the same thing that you you got from any of the Warriors that you owned last season. And there's, you know, on the other side of it, there's just definitely more questions in terms of, you know, not necessarily for Anthony Davis, because we know he's going to be a monster. But what's going to happen is Eric Gordon going to be able to score enough. He was five of 17. You know what's going to happen at the point guard situation. I'm not going to give you tell you what to do. All I'm going to say is do what's in your heart. Because nobody can know after one game. I won't be surprised if Nate Minutes Robinson plays thirty minutes. I won't be surprised if Ish Smith starts. I won't be surprised if Drew Holiday and and those the other two get eighteen minutes each. All of those things can happen, and we don't know because it's too early on in the season. Yep, that that pretty much sums it up on those first three games. So glad that me and Josh could uh, bring you the first real analysis of the regular season here on this RotoWire series of podcasts. Now we're going to briefly look ahead, being that most people we're, we're filming this at about uh, two p.m. Central Time, and you know it'll probably be hit the hit the waves maybe by four p.m. Central Time at the latest. Assuming that most of you listening to this are kind of watching the games as we speak, or maybe it's next morning. Uh, on Thursday. So we're going to talk about some things that are already happening in terms of lineups for Wednesday's games, but we won't really get into the nitty-gritty knowing that it, it might be too late for a lot of you out there. But before we do that, let's look further ahead to the weekend. And DraftKings, of course, week eight of the NFL season will be hosting yet another Millionaire Maker event. I will be there participating like I have the last seven weeks 
for that $1.2 million going to first place. Josh, have you participated in that event yet? Are you a millionaire and I don't know about it yet? No, I'm not a millionaire, but I am an active participant. I've been um, for the majority of the season. And, you know, who doesn't want a shot at a million? Uh, I don't care. Um, if, if you're like us and you're, you're hardcore fancy players, you would definitely feel like you have a shot. So you're, I'm taking my shot, and I know you are too. Oh, love it. I absolutely love it. It's, it's the highlight of my week. And then, um, you know, when you got something strong going into Sunday night's game or even Monday night's game, man, it's just such a good feeling. So um, go ahead and head over to DraftKings.com. You can use promo code ROTOWIRE to play for free with your first deposit. That's promo code ROTOWIRE, the name of this company, the name of this podcast. This isn't fantasy as usual, folks. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. So looking ahead at Wednesday night, Josh, we'll just go ahead and hit on some of the topics. Obviously, some more are going to come out afterwards. That's just what we're dealing with here. But let's start with Porzingis. He will be starting at power forward for Wednesday's opener against the Bucks. Do you think it's good to throw him in the fire? Or would you rather him ha- coming off the bench? Uh, so he he would be riding the pine in my in my rosters. The, where Porzingis went in drafts and season long was so, somewhere where I think he was supposed to justify a starting position, like at, at least at utility or you know backup forward, you know second third forward slot, depending on how your league is set up. And I didn't pay the price tag. I know that you were out on paying for rookies in general. I don't know if you paid up in for Porzingis in any of your drafts, but nope, um, not at yeah. all. No, I'm I'm with you, man. Uh, Ixnay on the Ookies Ray. So yeah, I'm not well playing done, any rookies. Sir. Well done. I, I tried. I don't. I probably that was probably bad. I liked. So I liked it. I, I enjoyed it. I it was fun. It was fun for me. Okay. Okay. Um, fine. Not not much to say about Porzingis. I've already said that I like Kylo Quinn a lot. Kevin Serafin is not expected to play. Derek Williams is another guy that could slip into that power forward position if Porzingis ends up being just absolute atrocity. Um, maybe he does move to the bench later on in the season. You see guys like Williams or O'Quinn step into that role. So uh, I, I believe um, – um, oh, <laughs> wow, of course I'm going to slip on the best coach of all time. Um, what is the the GM of the Knicks? Just, you can put a dunce cap on it. Phil Jackson. I cannot believe I just forgot Phil Jackson's name. Phil Jackson came out today and said, uh, we, you know, we didn't draft him that high to sit him on the bench. We're going to do it. We're going to roll with him. I do respect that, uh, that view, certainly, but uh, could be trying. The only thing that I'm really concerned about is New York media, New York fan base. If, he, if his first two, 10 games are kind of lackluster or he does a couple things like it could really wear on your psyche at just being ridiculed like that at that high level um and so that that's my only reservation if he's in pretty much any other market i'm good with it but new york media market i don't know it just it's it's going to be tough for him out there i, I hope it works out well just because i just don't want to see him go down in flames i mean it like i said it, it can really wear on you as as a person i mean he could forever be known as a bust and phil jackson's mistake uh, one of his rare mistakes so let's keep it moving though let's let's keep talking about russell or let's keep talking about rookies Russell, D'Angelo Russell, was officially named the Lakers' starting point guard for Wednesday's season opener against Minnesota. Any surprises there for you, Josh? No, this is where I insert my Derek Fisher slash Ron Harper slash stand in the corner and see if the ball hits you accidentally or somebody kicks a ball your way. I don't know what Russell's going to do with Kobe, Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle, Roy Hibbert on this roster. All those guys are veterans who or you know, second-year players who are I, – I understand DeAndre Russell has the hype, but Kobe's, the, Kobe's the, still the guy on the roster. He's the guy who's going to dominate the ball. I, I, I have um, no interest in DeAndre Russell for 2015. 2016, wipe the slate theme, probably no Kobe, different story. All right, let's move it along then. 
Bobcats coach Steve Clifford said Tuesday that he hasn't decided on whether Williams, Marvin Williams that is, or Cody Zeller would receive the start at power forward for Wednesday's opener against the Heat. Obviously, by the time most of you are listening to this, you'll know. But let's just talk about the Bobcats front court, Josh. Um, Some guys that apparently aren't being considered at all. Frank Kaminsky, uh, Haas as well. So what do you think? I think maybe the, the guy that really could separate him, the only one I see... Um, even having the possibility of separating from the pack would be Frank Kaminsky because he's Mm -hmm. the only one we don't really know what he has. And so if he's better than all of them, obviously he'd start by the end of the year. Right now, you know, you've got Zeller in there as maybe a defensive presence. Marvin Williams, we know he can jack up shots. Uh, What do you think about that power forward slot there um, playing alongside Al Jefferson in the front court of the Bodcats? I think they're making a mistake. For personally, with not starting Frank the Tank overall, I'm just like. So you'd you know, like to see the same thing with Porzingis happen with Frank? Yes, but you know, I, and I understand it's happening for a different reason because Charlotte was a uh, playoff contender, or I don't know if did they make the playoffs last season. I, I'm not. I don't even remember. It doesn't matter because they didn't. They weren't good enough to to really do anything with that roster. But we okay. Cody Zeller, guy who had his shot, didn't perform. He's you know the white version of Joe Smith. Okay, Marvin Williams, another you know second overall pick, or first, was he first? I forget what he was. Another top, you know, former, you know, top uh, draft pick. To we've seen the best that he can possibly do. People thought he was going to turn into Tracy McGrady or some other version of a hybrid three-four monster. Not that as well. One thing that you that you should do and try to do and need to do is put a stretch floor four on the floor. And I don't think he's any worse in, in terms of defense over like Cody Zeller, for example. You know, Cody Zeller is just like an eight and eight guy. I mean, why, why does he need to be on the floor? Why don't you put some offense um, in, in there and start challenging some teams from a three point line? Right now, all you have is Kemba Walker, who is a who can make threes, but is actually not a good shooter in terms of efficiency and you got Nicholas Batum which is nice which is fine but you know what you also have no help down low um, in terms of offensive threat for Al Jefferson so I, I would rather see Kaminsky just play and work himself into a, a good role so he can be ready to roll for the playoffs Marvin Williams 20 or not even 20 wow 2005 draft he was picked second behind Andrew Bogut and keep this in mind, the two guys that went after Marvin Williams were Darren Williams and Chris Paul. I think you could even make the argument that Darren Williams was obviously a better option in terms of how those guys have panned out, even though Darren Williams is kind of the butt of everybody's joke here. Uh, some other notable players that went in that draft, Raymond Felton went after Chris Paul, Channing Fry, Andrew Bynum, baby, was also oh, yeah. in that. Bowling for Bynum, yes. Bowling for Bynum. Gerald Green is another guy that's kind of worked out, Nate Robinson, Jarrett Jack. So a lot of older guys now that are in the league. Um, no, By no means was it a, a superstar draft. We'll keep things rolling along here. Jeff Green is expected to receive the start at small forward in Wednesday's opener against the Cavaliers. What about Matt Barnes? I like Matt Barnes. I, I think I might like Matt Barnes over Jeff Green. Do you think I'm crazy on that or, or Jeff Green the way to go? Uh, Jeff Green for me is a guy that I don't – I think he's in a bad role personally with with Memphis because Memphis is a ball sharing slow slow paced offense there and the only person who ever puts up consistent fantasy numbers in terms of who you can use are Marcus Hall and Mike Conley everybody else is sort of it's a, like a mixed bag one day it's Courtney Lee who's putting up some numbers the next day you get a nice performance out of Tony Allen and Jeff Green to me is a starting caliber and a starting grade player but not in uh, somebody that you can actually like count on for consistent uh, for a consistent role. He had a chance to be the man in Boston and be like a twenty point a night plus score, and he sort of failed at that role. And so um, he is a I don't want to say a failure overall for me, but he's just not a guy I'm interested in, in terms of fantasy. 
All right, Tony Allen, first team defense, first team defense. <laughs> we'll be coming off the bench. Vince Carter will be coming off the bench in that small forward role. Matt Barnes, who I like a lot, but Jeff Green. Um, slap the carpet. Did you slap the carpet? Yeah, first team defense, <laughs> first team defense. Love that clip. Love that clip so much. Um, Aaron Aflalo, hamstring injury, will not play Wednesday's opener against the Bucks. That means Sasha Vujicic will get the start at shooting guard. Wednesday in Milwaukee, and let me just before you say anything, Josh Vujicic. I was looking at his, um, I was looking at his stats. He's never averaged more than ten points or two assists throughout his eight years in the NBA. Let me say that again: ten points or two assists in his entire NBA career. I mean, I'm not using him anywhere, even though he's in for for a bunch of minutes tonight. Uh, yeah, let's talk about somebody that you need to take the other side on. Tiff, like for for daily leagues. Picking up a guy season long, go ahead and grab whoever's like playing against him in that matchup, <laughs> and then there's your DFS play for the day or your daily stream, however you want to do it. Yeah, I was Chris, Chris, Chris Middleton would be would be an option there. Chris Middleton for all the money, for all the bags, all the Chris Middleton that you can afford and you can that you can stack that you can grab and start. Yes, please bring bring me some of that. Yeah, Vucevic is this is a problem that you have with the Knicks is they're rostering like former triangle guys that are familiar with Derek Fisher in the offense. If you are a former Derek Fisher teammate, you probably shouldn't be on this team. You shouldn't be That's, playing. Yep. That's a good way to put it. I mean, plain and simple. Langston Galloway, you got to think, is the guy that could have started there. Uh, Galloway could end up seeing more minutes than Sasha, so we'll see how that works out. Of course, you have Jose Calderon and Sasha starting in the backcourt. I mean, talk about intimidating. I mean, let's go, baby. We got Milwaukee Bucks, arguably one of the youngest teams in the league, going up against one of the oldest teams in the league, especially in the backcourt. I would rather see Jerry and Grant just get thrown into the fire. Why not? Put Porzingis out there. Put Jerry and Grant out there. Langston Galloway, who I believe is a second-year player. Throw them all out there. Let's see what happens. Um, we'll move on, though. Aaron Aflalo. Well, I want, actually, I want to stay. What do you think about Aflalo this year? I've drafted him in a couple places. I've, I've taken some flack, notably from Ken Kreitz and Shannon McEwen, who hosts the Friday portion of this show. I think he's going to be in store for a lot of shot attempts, uh, a lot of big buckets. I think in terms of shooting guards, we've really seen the quality of shooting guards go down in the NBA, and I think he's actually um, on the the upward half in terms of guys I'd want on my team. Um, and well, that should show you how bad the shooting guards are in the NBA. But I like him. I, th- I think he'll be pretty solid for me this year. Which which shooting guard again? We're talking about Aaron Aflalo. Um, who is he? Uh, <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, Aaron Aflalo. I'm I'm with K Train here. You got you with K Train? Yeah, man. Come oh, on. come on. Come I mean, on. he's averaging last uh, two years ago. He averaged eighteen. Did you see points. him in Portland? Did you see him in Portland when? Hey, he went, that was when, not his team. That was an inten- intimidating setup. He was on a playoff team for the first time in a while. I I um I, okay. I mean, if you guys want to no hate on me, you follow. can hate on me. I'll take just it. I'll say just take no it. to a follow. Just say no. Listen. The second he goes off for, you know, 18 and five or something like that, trade him, trade him, like ask, trade him for a <laughs> basket of cookies. If somebody offers you like a, like a bagel and locks, take it. Like you don't even need to get a player back in the deal. Like Aaron Ofalo, I, to be honest with you, he had some nice time, a nice string of performances out there in Denver. And it really is just Carmelo and not a whole lot else. So I get it. I understand he can, he can have some value here. Um, but 
you just got to be better than Aaron Follow, and I, I hold you to a higher standard. This is where the suspicious activity comes in here, okay, I, DJ, with Aaron Follow. All right, I can take it. I'm a man. I can take it. I'm not quite right. forty, but I'm a man. I can take it. Um, <laughs> I'm a man. I'm twenty two. I'm a, come after me. I'm a man. I'm twenty three, almost twenty four. Um, so I, let me justify this pick because Ken and Shannon justifiably lit into me last Friday. That's okay. Yes. It's in the Roadwire Staff Keeper League, um, is what we're referring to, and it's a rotisserie league i have andre drummond in that league and so i kind of need some help excuse me to balance out free throws and man i'm struggling yeah he's a good free throw shooter so that's that's where that came from that's where that pick came from i think he'll help me out in points as well um so just to give a you know justification i believe last week josh i said i don't think i've ever seen any team win while finishing in the bottom three of free throw percentages in a rotisserie league. So that mm-hmm. was my immediate justification is to get some 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 late guys that could help mitigate that for me. I have. I actually have seen it. So one guy had Dwight Howard paired with like John Dre Jordan. He finished last in free throws and actually won my league one year. What? So he must I've have seen just it finished first and everything else. Yeah, he's yeah, he did. He 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 straight punted and then just dominated elsewhere, which was fine. But so it's it's possible because I've seen it happen as a as a witness, but just having said that there uh i just seen too many empty games from aaron aaron Aflalo overall having said that he's on the absolute perfect team for him to just sort of have any sort of fantasy relevance but my issue with that is that uh he's just become more and more injury prone as he's gone on through the season and i just you know the knicks i think it's a, a team cancer carmelo's gonna probably you know complain a lot more than he did last season after he sees what's what happens on this team's team is this team is like 10 times more talented than last year's team and still maybe the worst team in the league. So if you can, if you can like wrap your mind around how bad that is from, or how bad they were last year. So they upgraded everywhere and still are, are, are playing for ping pong balls before the season has even started. Moving on here, Josh, let's talk about the Utah jazz, a team I like quite a bit. I've covered them the last few years here at Rotowire in particular. Yeah. It seemed like Trey Burke was going to start, and of course he was going to start alongside Alec Burks. Now, Quinn Snyder, coach for Utah, is really toying with us leading up to tip-off here. It looks like Howell Nato and maybe Rodney Hood, the second-year guy Rodney Hood out of Duke, might start. What do you think? What's the optimal uh, combination there for the Jazz moving forward this season? Obviously, I said it a couple more times. I'll say it one more time. Uh, everyone out there probably already knows what happened. We're still in the dark taping this at about 2.30 Central Time. Yeah, this is interesting here because I, I think what what the, they've learned, and I think it's a smart thing, is that Trey Burke is best coming off the bench. He did, you know, he needs that that second grade of of, of you know starters and a and a clear path to, to to take some shots for him uh, to to be more effective. So I thought it was fine. And when I heard the rumors of uh, NATO starting, I was like, fine, just that's perfect. Get a ball distributor in there who doesn't want to take a uh, a, t- a ton of shots overall, and get the ball to Gordon Hayward and find out how you can get uh, Rudy Gobert involved and let Derek Favors do his thing down low. Perfect thing because Trey Burke is is supposed to be. This, his entire career, at least in college, and for certain stretches through the NBA, you know, career has been a scoring one, and that doesn't really fit for what Utah needs in their starting group. So 
I like that piece of it. Having said that, I always thought that Hood was was like an underrated guy, and it was pretty curious to me because Burks had a pretty good preseason. So I was like, all right, I wanted I wanted Hood to start because you know he's a Dookie. I want to support my Dookies, and he he did pretty pretty good overall in stretches last season when he got his 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 shot to start. But uh, you know, Alec Burks um, more than was more than. Um, people expected there in the preseason and I was like, all right, the coaches are endorsing him as a starter. Then that's cool with me too. Rodney hood can do just do damage as a six man off the bench. So I think those two pieces are interchangeable. And this is, I think honestly, it's a boost to Trey Burke's value that he is coming off the bench. Yeah. Trey Burke is going to back his way into value. How NATO is, I mean, he's basically, I mean, he is a rookie. He played internationally, but he'll be a rookie. NATO is more of a pass first option where Burke is just a jacket up as many times as I can possibly do it option. Alec Burks has played point guard in the past, uh, especially under Ty Corbin a couple of years ago, but he's openly stated that he does not prefer the point guard position at all. He feels a lot more comfortable at shooting guard. Apparently, if he wants to play, he's got to play uh, behind Rodney Hood then. Rodney Hood dealt with a lot of foot issues last year. We'll see if he'll be able to overcome that and play a full 82 games this coming year. I Yeah, I think this is a situation that will probably churn over lots of times, um, but more so with the Burks and Hood, Trey Burke coming off as a six man. I think you're right there. That's where he should be in terms of his NBA career trajectory. And all this doesn't matter so much because you have Gordon Hayward, Derek Favors, and Rudy Gobert uh, holding it down in the front court. And so you can interchange the backcourt a little bit and still feel comfortable there for second year head coach Quinn Snyder. Let's move along here. Amari Stardemeyer, knee. Uh, who's dealing with a knee issue, will not play in Wednesday's opener against the Hornets. Now, he's been dealing with a knee issue like he has been for the last 10 years or so. Um, Today, uh, Eric Spolstra came out and said this was scheduled rest. And I know Drew Holiday had the same situation yesterday um, during the opener, but that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if you're going to schedule rest, you're going to do it for the opener? I mean, we've had four months, four or five months to get ready for this, and you're going to schedule rest for the opener. It's a little suspicious to me. Yeah, I just don't I don't understand it overall personally, and just it's a little questionable as to why this is happening. Maybe he's just being overly cautious, but you know we're just gonna have to see more games to see actually, you know how much value he's going to have throughout the season. But you know, bench guy until I, they figure it all out, and I understand what's happening. All right, yep, bench guy for sure doesn't retain a lot of value if he can string 10 games together you know I, I he could definitely get a double double off the bench that wouldn't surprise me if he's seeing uh maybe 26 minutes a game i think he could do it every now and then but not someone that can be relied on so here we go josh the last bit of information for today that we're going to go over lance stevenson will get the start at small forward for wow. the clippers i mean come on this is what dreams are made of for people like you and me who talk about sports and need filler I mean, let's go. So he's getting the start over. Let's count them out. Paul Pierce, Wesley Johnson, and Josh Smith. What do you think, Josh? I think there's going to be a lot of ear blowing going on in this matchup there. I don't know if we're ready for all of this. Yeah, uh, it's going to be an experience. I I don't, you know what, though? It'll be interesting to see what happens because he was most effective when he was in that starting role with the Pacers. And there was actually, you know, a good number of mouths to feed at that point, too. I think it's a different sort of situation, too. And I really just, I think if he does what he can do, which is be a solid rebounder, make some shots from the outside, and just play his role rather than trying to, you know, be a, a star in his own right like he thinks he is then he'll fit. If he won't fit, though, that's the, the good news about it is Doc Rivers is, is uh, one of the best coaches in the league. He'll understand that this guy needs to you know, sit his derriere down 
and, you know, figure something else out rather than if he doesn't play the proper role that he's supposed to in that starting five because he really is probably like the fourth or fifth option. If I were a betting man, I would put money on the fact that Paul Pierce, Wesley Johnson, Josh Smith, and Lance Stevenson will all start at some point this season. I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility. I know early, not even that long ago, maybe about a month ago, um, they were leaning towards Wesley Johnson as being the starter. Obviously, a lot of waffling is going on since then. Lance Stevenson is a, is a really talented player. So is Josh Smith. So I'm not terribly surprised that he's getting the start here. I mean, he was a really hot commodity two years ago coming out of Indiana. Obviously, some character issues, some blowing in the ear issues. But <laughs> overall, he's really talented, and, and he can contribute to a playoff team for sure. I mean, he's already done it. He's already done it once. He can do it again. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for us here. One thing I want to let you guys know out there, you can sign up for free 10 days to Rotowire. All you got to do is go to rotowire.com slash pod. That's forward slash pod. Check out Rotowire, all of our premium content, free 10 days. That's going to do it for us here. Josh Smith, you can find Josh Smith. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Josh Hayes, FS, on Twitter. You can find me, at Trainer DJ. That's going to do it for us. So Nick Whalen and James Anderson will be back on the Thursday edition of this podcast to break down all of Wednesday night um, games that are being played. So happy we can be doing this live, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening, everybody. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.